blessed, most blessed, most glorious. Indeed, you are invincible. We are thankful for another day to be in your presence and give glory unto your name. Oh God, use me. Speak through me. Minister through me to your church and that we may be able to give you all the praise at the end of it. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Pensa, pensa. Pensa. Pensa, pensa. Christ in you. The hope of glory. Christ in you. The hope of glory. Amen. Amen. I pray that Christ is in us, each and every one of us this morning. And as I come here, I just want to say a big thank you to our district pastor, Reverend Hateful Jimpo, for giving me this opportunity, and also to our presiding elder, Elder Norte, for opening the floor up to me. Amen. Amen. As we know, Pensa 21 has been dubbed Relentless 21, yes. and I'm going to spin off of that for my theme this morning, and my theme is the relentless Christian revived to impact their generation. I pray to your name. Oh God, we're praying for a revival this morning. Oh God, we pray that we do not leave here the same that we came. Who is ready for a revival this morning? I pray to your name. I feel it. I feel it in my spirit. Oh God, this pencil conference has been a big blessing unto me, for I truly feel that my spirit and my soul has been charged and revived. Amen. 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 And I'll take my main scripture reading, which was the main reading for this conference, Ephesians 3.2. If we can have Ephesians 3.2 projected on the screen. But I do not want to bore you or go too deep into the Bible preaching, but I want to give you some examples. And one man that I can think of that was relentless in his nature, but also revived is the great Apostle Paul. Amen? Amen. Amen. Before Paul, who was Paul? Before Paul came to preach to the masses of churches he preached to, who was Paul? Paul was Saul of Tarsus. Saul of Tarsus was a tyrannical man, a Jewish Roman who was born in under Rome civilizations that gave him Roman citizenship, which got to his head and made him think he was better than everybody else. A Jewish Roman, that's main goal was to prosecute Christians every chance that he get. They described Saul of Tarsus as a tyrannical man, a man who found every chance to prosecute Christians. They said that he was very instrumental into the first great prosecution of the early church. It was even said it was believed that Saul went door to door to look for believers to prosecute them. Amen. 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 Oh, God, we may not understand it at the moment, but I pray that your understanding is far above ours. I read this story and I say to myself, well, what does God want to do with the man that doesn't want to glorify his name? Oh God, I pray. As you can see me, this is my first time preaching. And I want to give a, a testimony. I want this to be a testimony to everybody in the church, especially the youth in Pensa. Let me be a testimony to show you the glory of God, what God can do for you when you open your heart. Oh God, 
I'm not one for public speaking. <laughs> I pray to you. Today. Oh God, I'm not one for public speaking. But I pray as I was revived through this Pensa conference. Oh, I don't even feel any nerves right now. I feel the Holy Spirit moving through me. Oh God, and I'm thankful for it. Oh Lord, oh Lord. As I said, Saul was a relentless man. And I don't want to throw such big jargon at the church. So let us define the word relentless. Relentless can be described as oppressively constant or incessant. That means that it will not end. I pray that we are all relentless to our pursuit to God's glory this morning. Amen. I used another R word. That word is revived. I pray that we are revived to impact our generation. To be revived is to be restored to life or consciousness. Amen. 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 Where does this sound familiar? This sounds very familiar to 2 Corinthians 5.17 when the Lord God said, He who comes into him is a new creation, O God. We will come into the Lord and be a new creation. We will be revived to impact our generation. So as Saul is making his famous trip to Damascus to do what he does best and persecute even more Christians. Something happens on the way to Damascus. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Saul has his revival. I don't know if you heard me this morning. I said Saul had his revival on the way to Damascus. How was Saul revived on his way to Damascus? Saul saw a bright light coming from the heaven sky, and the voice said, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? That is a reference from Acts 9.4. And at that moment, Saul was blinded by such a bright light. I pray that the light of the Lord shines so bright in your life that it blinds you. This isn't just a blinding that you cannot see anymore. But this is a blinding. I look at it as a figurative blinding. Although Saul was literally blinded for three days, I look at this as a figurative blinding that the Lord God, metaphorically and spiritually, will burn the eyes that you had before coming into God. The eyes that you used to view the world in one way, the Lord God is here to transform your eyes. You will go through a revival process where your mindset will change. You will go through a revival process where your heart will change. You will go through a revival process where your spiritual life will change. Amen. 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 And Saul was blinded, but after three days he was restored his sight. And in that revival, I said Saul was already a relentless man before his coming to Christ. That is very important. As Christians, we have to be relentless in this world. We know there are many things in this world, especially in today's society, in today's generation, that can derail us or sidetrack us from the glory of God. But it's my prayer today that we do not give up in our relentless pursuit of finding God. As I said, Saul was relentless before. After his conversion, the same zeal and single-mindedness that Saul had to persecute Christians was transformed into the zeal and single-mindedness to evangelize to so many churches. And Paul 
And Saul, excuse me, was transformed from Saul of Tarsus to Paul, the great apostle, one of the great authors of the New Testament, someone that is credited for the start of the early churches, someone that is credited from evangelizing to thousands and thousands of thousands of people, someone that was credited to evangelizing and spreading Christianity all over the world. Amen. Amen. It is my prayer that Christianity transforms us into a hyper-like quest to spread the word, the gospel worldwide. Amen. Amen. Now let us read, going to our Bible. As I said, Ephesians 3. I'm going to start from verse 1 to 7. Ephesians 3, verses 1 to 7. And it says, Ephesians 1 reads, For this reason I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ like Jesus, if prisoner of Christ Jesus for you Gentiles, let's stop right here for one second and let's see what Paul is trying to say. At this time that Paul is writing this book, or Paul is writing this passage to the church of Ephesus, letting him know of his evangelism to the Gentiles. It is ironic. I know Paul, although he was divinitively picked, although Paul had a higher consciousness to understand the wonders and the mysteries of God. I tried to put myself into Paul's feet as I was preparing this sermon. And I thought, how ironic is it that Paul used to be a persecutor of Christians? Now he has changed. He has become Paul. And now he is being persecuted for that same gospel that he wishes to preach. Amen. If I was Paul, I would be very confused. But the Bible says that Paul understood his meaning and his purpose at the time. Even being locked up at night, he was a prisoner. He was able to roam free during the day. But Paul never viewed himself as a prisoner. And even if he did view himself as a prisoner, he did not view himself captive of the Roman Empire. He viewed himself captive of Jesus Christ. I pray in name this morning, whatever situation you might find yourself, where it may leave you confused, it may leave you doubtful, it may leave you wondering, God, Jesus, how did I end up in this prison? I pray to name that you should remember, as Paul remembered in his encapsulment, in his imprisonment, that he is not property of the Roman civilization, but he is property of the kingdom of God. Amen. Amen. Verse 2 goes on to read, says, surely, I know they have New King James, I have NIV, I don't want to confuse anybody. It says, if indeed, okay, all right, NIV, I guess. <laughs> it says, if surely you have heard about the administration of God's grace that was given from me unto you. Amen. Some Bibles like to substitute the word administration for dispensation. Dispensation, or the theological definition of dispensation, can be the divine ordering of the affairs of the world. Paul was divinely ordered to be a prisoner at that time, divinely ordered to be a prisoner at that time, to speak to the Gentiles. And as we go further, you will see why. You will see why. Amen. Amen. Verse 3 says, Praise the Lord. 
If you can have verse 3 projected, amen. That is the mystery made known to me by revelation, as I have already been written briefly. I pray it's your name. Amen. A mystery that was known to him by revelation. Paul is just letting the Gentiles understand that this is not a revelation of Paul's own thinking, but this is a revelation divinely ordained by God. Paul is here not to glorify himself, but to glorify God. Amen. Amen. Verse 4 reads, In this reading, in reading this then, you will be able to understand my insight to the mystery of Christ. Amen. So now they are trying to solve a mystery. Paul is trying to bring his message a point through a mystery. Amen. Although we do not know that what this mystery is, oh God, we pray in your name. We're praying for divine knowledge, oh God. We're praying for divine mental capacities, oh God, to be able to decipher the mysteries or decipher situations that we may not know the answer of. Amen. Amen. In verse 5 reads, which was, not, which was not made known to the people in other generations, as it is known now, as it has now been revealed by the Spirit to God's holy apostles and prophets. Amen. Now, that was the verse 5. Verse 6 is where we're going to get into where the mystery is described. If we can have Ephesians 3, 6 projected on the screen. It says, this mystery is that through the gospel, amen, through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel. Amen. Amen. Members together of one body and shares together the promise in Jesus Christ. Oh, God. I understand. We might have unpacked a lot there, but there's I want to break this verse down a little bit more. It says that this mystery is that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel. Oh, Lord. You might be reading this and say, oh, I've read the Bible before, and I know God has a specific covenant made with Israel. He has brought his people through Israel. There's a special favor for the people of Israel. And a Gentile can be described as anybody that is not an Israelite. And we know that Christian origin started from Judaism. So that is why there's such a strong tie between Israel, a strong tie between Abraham and God. Amen. Amen. But how can we apply this into the world that we live in now? As we all know, I hope we'd all consider ourselves Christians this morning. Therefore, all unbelievers can be viewed as Gentiles. Amen? Amen? Amen. Am I going somewhere with this? Are you guys following me with this? Amen. Amen. As I said, we want to be revived to impact our generation. As we go out through this generation, it seems relentless that Christianity is being subdued out of our generation, out of the American culture. I pray to your name. But like I said earlier, we are not subjected by secular terms. We are not subjected by societal norms. We are not subjected by what is going on around us, but by, 
but what is put inside of this sweet book. Oh God, the same way Paul was sent in prison to minister as a blessing to the Gentiles, I pray each and every one of us walks through this way as a relentless Christian revived the same way Paul was revived, revived to impact the Gentiles. I pray we are revived Amen. to impact the unbelievers, the unsaved and the unknown in our generation. Amen. Amen, 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 amen. Amen. Paul says, together with Israel, members together of one body. That is what Jesus Christ came. He came and died for our salvation so that we may be one with him in heaven. Amen. Amen. Paul wants to spread the gospel to bring as many people he can to one body, and that body is Christ. And Paul says, and shares together in the promise in Jesus Christ. There's a promise that Jesus Christ has given us, oh God. And I pray that each and every one of us is relentlessly working towards that promise. I pray that each and every one of us is revived to work through that promise. Amen. The same way I say me standing up here is a testimony to me preaching. I love the story of Paul so much because it is such a story of hope. If God just wanted to use perfect people to do his perfect work, how would that make you feel? Knowing that nobody is perfect except for God. A man whose one work at a time was persecuting Christians. Oh, man. Oh, it just, it, it doesn't make sense to me. But it makes sense at the same time. I, I, I'm just marveled by how God chooses to use individuals to glorify his name. But it's my prayer today that as we are relentlessly working towards the glory of God, and as we are revived towards the glory of God, God will be able to use each and every one of us Amen. this year. Amen. Amen. I want to have five short ways that we are revitalized. And my first way is through prayer. Just like with any other person in your life, communication is essential to strengthening that relationship. It is so deep, communication has been so deeply ingrained in our generation that even individuals that cannot hear, individuals that are blind, still have ways to communicate. Amen. Amen. How can you build a relationship with somebody without talking to them? In one way or form. Even if you know, people used to have things called pen pals. You can have somebody, you can talk to somebody across the world, but that is still a form of communication. The same is with God. Consistent prayer releases the power of God's blessing onto our lives and circumstances. Amen. Constant, consistent prayer brings blessings and favor upon the individual. We have that example in Hebrews 11:6. Prayer can also bring about changing your life. That is found in James 5, 6. I like to view prayer as a magnifying glass. I know I probably shouldn't have been doing this as a kid, but I used to play with the magnifying glass. 
And when it was a very hot, hot day, you can concentrate the magnifying glass to manipulate the sun's rays in a way that it focuses that sunlight. And you can actually burn something on Earth. Prayer is like that magnifying glass that concentrates God's word, that concentrates God's guidance, that concentrates God's knowledge to burn through whatever situation is holding you back, to burn through whatever situation feels like you are not growing in your Christian life. Oh God, I pray that we all view prayer as a magnifying glass to burn through our problems. Amen. Amen. Another essential way that we are vitalized is through scripture reading. I don't know if you've heard the acronym. Some people like to abbreviate Bible as basic instructions before leaving earth. These are very basic instructions that we should all be following. But how would you know what to do if you do not read the book? I know many times in college, as to give a, an example, those textbooks are expensive. You can pay $400, $300, $400 for one textbook. And sometimes you say, I don't know if I have the money or the funds. I'm going to try to do it without the textbook. And I have tried. And I can say it's not that good. I'll say that much. The same can be viewed with the Bible. Life is like a class, and the Bible is our manual on how to pass that class. Amen. How can you pass a class? How can you build something? You're trying to build a new dresser in your house. How can you build it from scratch? Unless you just know how to build things. But it comes with a manual for a reason. Amen. Scripture reading is essential to knowing God and his will for us. Scripture reading teaches us about the history of the universe, the origin of sin, and the message of salvation through Jesus. Knowing God's will, God inspired an inherent word, which was given for many reasons, to teach us, rebuke us, correct us, and instruct us in righteousness. Amen. 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 By reading the Bible on a consistent basis, you can find direction for your life and learn how to best serve the Lord who gave his life for you. Amen. It is my prayer as we're going on to the second half of 2021 and for the rest of our Christian lives that as we are revitalized, we are revitalized through prayer and we are revitalized through scripture reading. Amen. My third way that we are revitalized or we can be revitalized is through the Holy Spirit. I'm praying to name. The Holy Spirit guides us into Jesus' truth. Jesus is clear on the Holy Spirit and the importance of the Holy Spirit. If we read John 16, 13, and 14, it says, But when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. Amen. 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 Regarding the Holy Spirit, I can think of another revival that happened for the disciples on the day of Pentecost. Amen. 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 And before I did all my research on what it meant to be revived, I tried to put myself in the feet of the disciples. 
Obviously, we know Jesus has died, paid the ultimate price for our sins, and has resurrected. His presence is on earth for 40 days, and then he ascends. This must have been a time of confusion, a little confusion for the disciples. Losing an instrumental figure to your mission's work or your glory or the leader to your team. Jesus can be viewed as the captain of the 12 disciples. And losing that disciple or losing that captain might leave you astray or confused. They might have been wondering what is their next move. But I pray to name that Lord God did not leave fully. He may have left this earth physically, but he left his spiritual presence for the disciples to be revived by. Amen. Amen. Prior to being filled with the Spirit on the day of Pentecost, some disciples were worldly-minded. Once they received the filling, they became spiritually-minded. They were now blessed with the mind of Christ prior to the day of Pentecost. Some disciples were driven by their self-centered desire to occupy lofty positions in the church. The human mind is self-serving at a time. The human mind can be very prideful at a time. But it is my prayer that we all know we are only here by the grace and the blessings of Jesus Christ. It is not by our works, but it is by the Lord's work that we woke up this morning to give him glory. Amen. Amen. They were motivated by selfish ambition. After the day of Pentecost, there was a dramatic and dynamic change in their mindset. Instead of being self-centered, they became Christ-centered. Amen. I pray this morning that if you have a feeling of self-centeredness, if you have a feeling of the world revolves around me, let's take a step back and let's be revived and know the real reason why we are here on earth. Amen. Their deepest desire was to lift up and exalt the name of Jesus. No longer were they driven to seek status and prestige. They were now concerned about the plight of perishing souls. Amen. 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 Another way the Holy Spirit affected the disciples on the day of Pentecost is it affected their hearts. In Acts 15, 8, verse 9, Peter talked about the Gentiles being filled with the Spirit. He also declared that their hearts were purified by faith. Amen. One, one other thing the Holy Spirit did that I know the Holy Spirit can do for all of us. Or the Holy Spirit can do all of these things for us. It is there to transform us and make us new. Oh God, when we feel that revitalizing spirit, we will not go back to the sins of our past. Oh Lord, we will not have those same thoughts that kept us captivated in a, in a sense of worry, in a state of depression, or a state of anxiety. I pray when we are revitalized, we burn through all the worries and we focus our eyes onto God. The Holy Spirit affected their speech. When those in the upper room were filled with the Spirit, they received a new power to proclaim the resurrection of Christ. It was instrumental that Jesus left his Spirit behind. Knowing all of these attributes 
of the disciples before receiving the Holy Spirit, it may have been very hard for them to continue the work of God. But Jesus knew. Jesus knew to leave his spirit behind. That spirit can be a reservoir that we can tap into whenever we need to walk out and impact our generation. And it seemed after the disciples received the Holy Spirit, they began doing works and wonders for the Lord. And they began changing the atmosphere onto the Lord. And they began preaching and casting out demons and evangelizing and baptizing and saving people all for the glory of God. Individuals in the upper room went from weak, fearful, timid to believers. They became a dynamic force for God that cannot be stopped by the world, by the flesh, or by the devil. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. My fourth way that we are revitalized is through fellowship. Amen. Amen. I always had a feeling of a warm feeling in my heart when we used to leave conventions and I always just felt much more energized leaving a convention. And it wasn't until I was doing my research on fellowship that I finally started to understand the reason why. To think of you being in a charged environment with a numerous amount of individuals all working towards the same goal as you, all preaching the same word as you, all praising the same God as you, it is a very revitalizing feeling. Fellowship is an important part of our faith. Coming together to support one another is an experience that allows us to learn, gain strength, and show the world exactly what God is. Amen. Amen. Considering that the church is such a demographic of ages, we have those young and we have those older, I pray that we will be able to fellowship in a way that the young will be able to learn from the old and that the old will be able to learn from the young as well. Amen. Amen. Fellowship makes us stronger. No matter where we are in our faith, fellowship provides us with strength. Being around another, another believer gives us the chance to learn and grow in our faith. Jesus Christ walked on water. He healed the blind. Jesus Christ obviously could have did it himself. I think it is a big testimony to see that Jesus Christ chose 12 other people to fellowship with him and spread his glory. Amen. Jesus has all the powers. He has all the might. He's ordained. But he still came to earth and gathered 12 individuals to complete his mission. I think that is a great testimony towards fellowship, and that should be an important point into your heart. Like you say, there is no I in team. There is no I in team. So never look at it as you are in this walk in your Christian life alone, but know that you have a church that fellowships with you, supports you, and is here to help you grow. Amen. My final point of how we can be revitalized, and this is the most instrumental point to me, 
we are revitalized through Christ. Amen. Amen. I want you to say after me, through Christ, through Christ I am revitalized. I through Christ, I am revitalized. Amen, amen, amen. Amen. We all must acknowledge Jesus Christ as our Lord and personal Savior. Amen. I could have did this backwards with this being the first step to how we be revitalized, but I wanted to tie it all together and show how Jesus is always the beginning and the end to everything we do. Amen. We cannot do anything on this earth without having Christ in us. Christ in you. Christ in you. Amen. We must believe he came to die for us. And we must confess our sins. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things have passed away. Behold, all things. He didn't say some things. He said all things. He didn't say one thing. He didn't say two things. He didn't say three things. He said all things have become new. This is an essential way to be revitalized and begin to impact our generation. The same way that Paul, on his way to Damascus to persecute Christians, the same way Paul was struck by that light that burned through him and revitalized his spirit, I pray that we all go through a revitalization process this Sunday I pray that we all stay through a revitalization process for the rest of our Christian walk. Amen. It is important that we are revitalized to impact this generation. There are things that we must do before we can walk out and show the glory of God for this generation. And it starts in your home, extends to your church, and out to your community. It is my prayer that 2021, Whoever hears my voice, especially the youth and pension members, if you have gifts, talents, anything that you can to glorify God, let us be revitalized and be able to give glory unto God. I'm just so thankful for this opportunity. I truly feel that I have been revitalized and I'm thankful for the Lord for coming into my heart and revitalizing me this morning. It is just my prayer request that if you are already revitalized, it's okay. It's okay to drink water sometimes when you're not thirsty. You know, you can always tap in to that revitalization reservoir and you can always tap in. And if you are thirsty this morning, you feel dry in your mouth. Oh Lord, you do not know where your next source of water is going to come from. I'm challenging you. Look for it through Christ and be revitalized in your spirit this morning. Amen. Amen. Let us pray. Oh God, thank you for this blessing that you've given us this morning. Thank you, oh God, for the chance that you've given me to speak through your word and through your blessings. Dear Lord, we pray for a revitalization process. Dear Lord, we pray that we are revitalized through your spirit. Oh God, 
Thank you, Father, 